0: Oh! Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and fill us all things, come and abide in us and cleanse us from every stain and save our souls, O Gracious One. Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, Holy Mighty, Holy Immortal, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the power of the kingdom, and the glory of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Orthodox Logos. My name is Ian Silver, and today, for the first time in a while, I am here with my co-host, Nate greetings how you been dude
1: tired yeah (laughs) it's been a it's been a long couple of well i mean when was the last time we recorded like a month and a half ago two months ago
0: yeah it's been a while yeah maybe if you slept on a bed you wouldn't be tired
1: if i slept i probably wouldn't be tired but i don't sleep i just lay there and am uncomfortable and i grouch about everything
0: (laughs) isn't that how you are when you're awake too (laughs) like i said i don't sleep i
1: just lay there and i'm grouchy
0: (laughs) so yeah it's been a little while guys um but we're going to we're going to be trying to do these you know you know once or once or twice a month once a month at the least hopefully even if Nate's not uh, here physically you know he's got internet at his house now he is officially you in know in the 90s I'm yeah dial up no you don't <laughs> but yeah today um it's going to be a little bit of an ad hoc conversation i've just been thinking about this a, a lot recently and um it was something i was talking to father john about but he's pretty busy And some other people are busy, so I figured I guess I could have Nate over. (laughs) No, but I think it'll be a good conversation. Basically, we're going to dive into what is the royal path, how, as Orthodox Christians, do we stay on the royal path, and voting and politics, you know, as an Orthodox Christian. And so this should be interesting because I'm not a huge, huge uh, fan of voting per se, and Nate's a monarchist, so. <laughs> and then we'll this see what the church... This fair
1: and balanced discussion.
0: Yeah, and then we'll see what the church fathers have to say, and that's really all that matters, so.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, kick us off, Ian. You, uh, you proposed this topic, like, 45 minutes ago as I was getting in the car to come over, so I have done no preparation for this conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't either. I've just been thinking, like, you know, recently as I try to become a better Christian that I kind of have to let go of my political affiliations. Right. You know, coming into the church, I guess I would, most people would consider me like far right or, you know, conspiracy Uh, theorist. Are you
1: one of those ultra MAGA types?
0: Ultra MAGA for sure. But I've come to realize that there's not really um, any place for that in the church. You know, the things that some people would consider conservative or far-right, although they may be that um, from a societal standpoint, they're actually just Christian, you know?
1: Well, there's, there's definitely a balance to be had, and this is something that will become a little more clear as we discuss the royal path, generally speaking. But the the issue—you know, etymology aside for the terms left and right in our current political discourse— The left and the right both have something to offer, broadly speaking, but if you go too hard in one direction or too hard in the other direction, you're going to damn yourself and probably burn down your society as well, which is a problem. Yeah. And not one that's unique to Americans. This has been something that every culture, as far as I know, across time and space, especially Christian cultures, have wrestled with.
0: Forgive me, I had to close my window. No, yeah, I think that's exactly the point, is that when you go too far to the right or too far to the left, then you're no longer on the narrow path, and you're no longer, you know, no longer really a Christian. Or as, you know, Father Sarah from uh, Rose has said before, you can be orthodox in mind, but if you're not orthodox in heart and in everything you do, then you're not orthodox. And that's kind of a humbling and sobering thought, because as much as we try, it just shows how far off the royal path we truly are.
1: Well, it's something that our spiritual father has observed um, a number of times, and that is that one of the reasons you engage in hesychasm, right, or utilize the Jesus prayer, is to unify your mind and your heart to bring them back to that point of union so that you can perceive God again. Before, you know, so, so before you, the fall. Yeah, to, to, you, to recover your news, right, to recover your noetic faculties. And like Ian's saying, if you are orthodox in intellect— that doesn't mean that you're truly orthodox.
0: Yeah, you can know all the dogmas, right. canons and everything, but if you have hate in your heart for other people, then what what's the point? You know, you're not going to be bringing people to Christ by being hateful or debating people 24/7. Right. Or pointing out other people's flaws when you should tend to the weeds in your own garden. Which is not it's a lot easier said than done, obviously, because especially right. where we live, Nate, like you go to the coffee shop here and it's like you see a purple-haired person, and it's a like
1: purple haired dude with a beard in a dress. And it's, and it's like, it's just, hard
0: not to scoff, but what you need to do is smile and, and be loving because that's the royal
1: path. Right. But again, to it, and you know, and this is where I'm going to betray some of my political leanings, I think, um, to the extent that those already aren't unknown, which I'm not sure that that's really a thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean the pat on the back and you do you, bro. Like that's a. Yeah, God loves
0: you for who you are. It's, you know, that's not the case.
1: I really hate that phrase because the phrase in and of itself is not bad.
0: Yeah, but what people use it but for. yeah, the,
1: the way it's used now, what it's come to mean is something that is loathsome. God, desire, God loves you and desires that you repent. Yeah. Right? And he provides the opportunities for all of us to repent.
0: Because if God loved me how I was
1: well, two years ago... He'd be dead in a gutter, <laughs> overdosed on heroin. Yeah. You know? Same...
0: Well, that was longer than two years ago, but yeah, same same concept, yeah.
1: yeah. Same thing with me. If If God if God was content to let me stay where I was a number of years ago, I'd be, you know, homeless under a bridge if I was lucky. Yeah. And that's not to talk trash on homeless people at all. It's just, that's that's it's where you'd be. That's where I'd be. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting because, like I said, coming into the church, I had all these, I guess, far-right ideologies, and I've had to let a lot of them go because a lot of it was hateful. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, obviously I've kept some of the same beliefs because I was seeking the truth. So within seeking the truth, you know, the conservative side of things just tends to be a little bit closer. Not to say that far, you know, far extreme right or far extreme left, they're both dangerous. But if you can find a good middle ground, you know, then I, th- I think I think you're closer.
1: Well, it's, it's it's not even a matter of finding middle ground per se because middle ground— implies that the center of every debate is the proper place, is the proper ordering of things. And that's not true. You know, the, I can't come up with a great example right now, but well, actually, no, I think I can. The middle ground in Nazi Germany, you know, 1941 or 1942 is not the place you want to be because you are allowing something that is unequivocally wicked and evil to have equal footing with something that is not.
0: Yeah, it's not, you don't want to be indifferent.
1: Well, it's not even a matter of indifference. You don't want to be, you don't don't want to...
0: Remain idle?
1: Yes, you don't want to remain idle. You always want to stand for the truth, the true, the good, and the beautiful, right? This is what we always, this is what orthodoxy strives for. This is what Christianity strives for. And in order to do that, things need to be in their proper place. Now, you know, I would say that the right, the conservative right, tends to misplace hard work and a good work ethic. To the, it, it tends to turn that and the pursuit of money into God, whereas the left tends to idolize some version of compassion and acceptance, right? Yeah. And the problem with both of those is not that they exist. Compassion and acceptance are good things. Hard work is a good thing, you know taking care of your family and being patriotic are good things, but those can all be taken to catastrophically destructive ends. And that's what modern politics tends to really encourage in
0: people. Ultra-maga, bro.
1: Well, ultra-maga or progressive or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's, there's a line that you see a lot on the left where it's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if what I said is technically false so long as it's thematically true or something that i I know i'm butchering the the no yeah i I know use that it's like well no if you're lying to achieve something then you've automatically made what the the good that you were trying to achieve wicked yeah because you polluted it with your actions upstream the same is true of the right you know it's one of the big issues i have with a number of fairly popular right-wing commentators is they are willing to embrace any kind of how should I say, candidate, or any kind of position that they think will give them the ascendancy or that they think will tentatively further their cause. And while that's very pragmatic, that's wrong, you know, to give an example. the A couple of years ago, a lot of people were very, a lot of people on the right were very um, enamored with Bruce Jenner's alter ego because he you know, it was one of these people on the, the hierarchy of victimhood or whatever you want to call it, and he was saying things that were generally conservative-ish or at least in line with yeah. Republican ideology at the time. And he was people, like kind of
0: against the trans movement, even though
1: well, kind of.
0: Yeah, obviously not fully.
1: Right, like there, there was a part of it that he was criticizing. I'm wanting to say it was uh, uh, the inclusion of men into women's sports or something yeah. like that, but. The issue is, you know, you, you take him, when he says, ah, yeah, you know, this shouldn't be done, you can point to him and say, ah, yes, this is good. Even someone like him, even someone who is as deluded as he is, recognizes that this is bad. This is a good thing. But that's not what happened. People on the right began to idolize him and say, ah, see, he's thinking this. That means he's a really good conservative or a really good a good moral man. It's like, well, no, no, he's not. None of us are. Yeah. But also, based on his lifestyle, he's not. And you shouldn't hold him up as that kind of idol, right? And it's... To, yeah, to the harden. right, the right definitely does. I mean, oh, yeah. both
0: sides do that, but the right definitely did it with that situation. Well, the right does it worse than yeah, the left, I think. They do. The
1: left worships ideology a little more obviously than the right. Yeah. The right worships powerful individuals. Yeah. Or charismatic individuals. They
0: want to use somebody, one talking point. Right. For like to push this agenda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get into it. I have an article um. It's called On the Royal Path by Hiramonk Seraphim Rose of Blessed Memory, and I'll go ahead and just read it, and then we'll kind of pick apart some pieces and, and go from there.
1: Well, to say that we're going to pick apart Father Seraphim's You know work what I... Is yeah.
0: <laughs> we're going to admire it and... Yes. Riff on it. <laughs> ...and sound like babbling fools trying to...
1: That's how I sound most days, anyway. Yeah.
0: The teaching of the royal path is set forth, for example, in the 10th of the St. Abba Dorothea's Spiritual Instructions where he quotes especially the book of Deuteronomy. Ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left, but go by the royal path. And that's exactly what we were, you know, kind of touching on. It's like, you got to be careful of falling too too far to either side. And St. Basil the Great says, Upright of heart is he whose thought does not turn away either to excess or to lack, but is directed only to the mean of virtue. But perhaps this teaching is most clearly expressed by the great Orthodox father of the 5th century, St. John Cassian, who is faced with a task not unlike our own Orthodox task today, to present the pure teaching of the Eastern Fathers to Western peoples who were spiritually immature and did not yet understand the depth and subtl- subtlety of the Eastern spiritual doctrine, and were therefore inclined to go to extremes, either of lackness or over strictness. In applying it to life, St. Cassian set forth, the Orthodox doctrine of the royal path in his conference on sober-mindedness or discretion. The conference praised by Saint John of the Ladder for its beautiful and sublime philosophy. So, anything to say there?
1: No, I mean that's that's pretty straightforward. I, th- I think one of the things that Father Seraphim discusses later on in here is the issues with Ecumenism. So we'll just let him speak on that, but he's definitely setting the stage for that conversation. Um. And d- I, Not to
0: turn away either to excess or to lack. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we touched on, like being idle. Right. You know? Well it's or well, going too far. Either you do nothing or you go all the way. And I think that's the issue.
1: Well it, Father Josiah Tranum has been really good lately in some of his discussions and some of his lectures like some of his lectures that he's put out <clears throat> discussing the the idea in in the West that Far too many people are willing to do anything for a job, right? And this is one of the things that's made it a little bit difficult for me to find a job because I'm trying to apply this teaching to my life. And that is that I don't work on Sundays with very rare exceptions. Occasionally, I will.
0: You know where you could work? Gore? Chick-fil-A.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where I try not, you know, and again, I, I apply this teaching imperfectly, but Father, Sir, or Father Josiah is very critical of this idea that if a job wants you to work on Sundays you just go ahead and do it and you don't try to come up with some kind of way around it especially if you work in a you know if you work at a restaurant or you know you you, whatever I don't I can't come up with with an exhaustive list of jobs like this but if you work in a job that's not say a career EMS or a
0: job versus a career maybe
1: yeah if you're if you're not working in a field where it's actually necessary that there be services available on sundays and you occasionally work a sunday to help cover that yeah then
0: if you're an icu nurse absurd. or something like right. that like, versus flipping burgers not that not hating on flipping burgers but
1: well no it's 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 a decent example but i was going to go with something like you know if you're doing research and design for i don't know apple
0: pfizer <laughs> Whatever. You know, who you, you yeah. can
1: pick whoever you want. If you're doing one of these jobs, there is no good reason why you should work on a Sunday. Not for you. Sh- you should not make yourself available to that kind of abuse. Because then, at that point, you are straying too far to the right. You're going, ah, yes. Well, working hard is a virtue, and working seven days a week, ten hours a day is is therefore a virtuous thing yeah. to do. No, it's not because that's become your god. Like that, we we tend to forget that these you know in, in the modern world, especially in some streams of some strains of orthodoxy, where we think that. The idol that you worship is something that you like; that it's a a pleasurable vice, and that's not necessarily true.
0: Yeah, people work themselves to death. Oh, yeah, but it's an idol; it's something they worship yeah. because they want to work and work and buy things. And well, they have decided that it's more important than the what most dis- people would consider the mundane things of life. Or right, I think you've said before, and I think it was Saint David of Wales who says, "You know, remain st- steadfast and, and do the little, little things. things." It's really important. Right
1: everything in its place. Sunday is the day for worship. Even if you can't make it to services most of the other days, or week. if you do have to work, Sunday's like the day you go. Yeah.
0: Or if you do have to work, like you said, for certain circumstances, make sure you wake up early Do right. a, do a canon, something, whatever right. it may be. But even
1: that shouldn't be. And this is something you, again, you definitely talk about with your spiritual father. You can take this and throw it in the. Dust
0: Shout plate. out to uh, my friend, Peter, who I met at father Tim or father John's parish, hashtag not your spiritual father. It's his little saying. I love it. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I, I think I know the story you're talking about, but we'll have to yeah. discuss that later. But yeah, you, you don't, you you should not make the exception the rule for your life either. You know, yeah. if, you, if you have to work one Sunday a month and what your spiritual father says is, yeah, so I want you to do the pre-communion prayers anyway or do this canon or that canon or whatever, add whatever bits to your morning prayers. For that Sunday, that's good. That doesn't mean that two or three Sundays out of that month, you don't go to church and you just do that rule because that's not what it's for, right? And again, I'm not saying that this is the case for every single person out there. This is just...
0: Or you can order those kingdom cups.
1: Oh, I saw those. Remember? Christianity Today sent me... so. Rewinding a little bit, a number of years ago, I subscribed. I did an annual subscription to Christianity Today because there were a couple of articles on Saint Constantine that I wanted to read and I couldn't get because they were behind the paywall. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll I'll do this. I'll do the one subscription. And you know, every every now and then they'll send me an email and say, hey, you know, we'd really love to have you back. I'm like, "Eh, no, (laughs) not coming back. I don't like what you guys have to say about a lot of stuff. But I, they sent me a free magazine a couple of days ago um where the the first like the cover page advertisement was kingdom I think cups was like, i think that's what they were yeah they're like those pre-packaged communion cups communion cups and they're talking about how important communion was and i'm like are you serious yeah the one
0: <laughs> one of the catchphrases on the ad is like take out the stress and preparation time i haven't <laughs> seen that it's like do you hate the messy uh preparation and cleanup time it's like oh my gosh lord have well, mercy. You, what,
1: what they're advert who they're advertising to though are the the protestant churches that have those little trays with the little plastic grape juice cups and who have either matzah or saltines where or you're, on a silver where pattern. you're
0: taking your own communion yeah yeah
1: so i mean i understand why they're advertising it that way but it was just a really gnarly thing to see it i was like yeah you know if, if there was even any if there was the remotest Desire on my part to maybe re up my subscription. You that just killed yeah, it. <laughs> and shout <laughs> that shout out shout killed out killed to uh,
0: John, my other Orthodox brother Ian. Uh, I was like going through some stuff, and you know he loves to troll, so that he sent me a DM. He's like, "Hey, I ordered you a ten a ten case of these Kingdom Cups," and I was like,
1: "Give them to Riley <laughs> before he goes to bed, just so we can have a little bit of sugar, some juice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little juice cups." But yeah, oh we, we
0: digress. All right, getting back into it. So the next paragraph in the article, (laughs) we got to have a little fun. With all our strength and with all our effort, we must strive by humility to acquire for ourselves the good gift of sober-mindedness, which can preserve us unharmed by excess from both sides. For as the fathers say, the extremes from both sides are equally harmful, both excess of fasting and filling the belly, excess of vigil and excess of sleep, and other excesses. Sober-mindedness teaches a man to go on the royal path. Avoiding the extremes on both sides. On the right side, it does not allow him to be deceived by excessive abstinence. On the left side, to be drawn into carelessness and relaxation. And the temptation on the right side is even more dangerous than that on the left. Excessive abstinence is more harmful than satiating oneself. Because with the cooperation of repentance, one may go over from the latter to a correct understanding, but from the former one cannot i.e., because pride over one's virtues stands in the way of the repentant humility that could save one.
1: Yeah, so that's a really good paragraph, and I do tend to agree. I'm going to have two literary examples um, one of them, to my shame, is Warhammer? Actually a f- no, oh, actually a Western. Oh,
0: thank God. Not not a Warhammer reference today. Oh, please. There was a great episode. We're only f- 20 minutes in. There's plenty of time for it, Warhammer it, it, references. It,
1: there, there was a great Amon Sewell episode a while back where Richard Rowland ended up talking about Warhammer, or he, he made a number of Warhammer references, and I was like, yes! <laughs> um, but, all that aside, two two literary examples of this. One of them is in The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. right? You have the two contravening examples of what it means to be a monastic, you know, the two extremes that a monastic can go down. Um, and the one of them leads to being a saint and the other one leads to having the appearance of a saint being a devil. So the devil in this story is, um, what's his name? Father, Father Farapont, I believe, or Therapont. I can't yes. remember. W- one of those two. It's some derivation of that. And, Everyone thinks that he is a saint because he sees evil spirits. He performs exorcisms. He is a great ascetic. I mean, like, if you were to just read the descriptions of his labors, he's a great ascetic. Yeah. But he is tremendously arrogant. and Because of his ascesis? Because his ascesis has allowed him to think that he is greater than he is. So he has bought into what other people say about him and is no longer humble. So he has gone too far to the right. Hmm. And he cannot be recovered from that. At least you don't see him recover from it in Dostoevsky's work. And the other is Elder Zosima, who is modeled, as we all know, off of Saint Tikon of Zadonsk. And he is not as aggressive in his ascetic works. His
0: fasting, his prayer, whatever. Well, he's it still may.
1: pretty tough about it. I mean, he's a Russian monastic. He's yeah. not he's not lazy, <laughs> not by any means. But, you know, he's he he lives very humbly, very simply, but he's not living out in the cold in the middle of winter like Elder, yeah. or like uh, Father Theropon does, or Therapon, And Elder Zosima is extremely humble because he knows where he's been. That's part of his narrative when he's telling his life story, is he was a wicked man. And it was only when his life was about to be taken from him in a duel that he realized that he needed to live a life of true repentance, and that is true humility, because his pride is what almost got him killed.
0: Yeah. Like they said, pride—you know—pride over one's virtues stands in the way of repentant humility.
1: Right, and the other one, the other example is Lonesome Dove. So, in all fairness, I have never read the novel Lonesome Dove. I need to, but is like it's just not something that I've read. Um, but the two character, two two of the main characters, anyway. You have um, Gus and or Augustus and Woodrow, right? And it's been pointed out that it, that Gus is very much a oh what the heck is that called he's very much an epicurean in the way he lives life like he enjoys everything he takes pleasure in everything that he does which leads him into some of the more shall we say disagreeable vices you know he he visits prostitutes he drinks a lot but he interestingly he never really drinks to excess but he doesn't work super hard that's and that's one of the things that makes it very curious that he's friends with Woodrow because Woodrow's a stoic. I mean, he's up every morning at the crack of dawn, busting his butt, working hard, even when he's an old man. Right. But you can't look at the story of Lonesome Dove and to think that Woodrow is necessarily the better man because Woodrow has a bastard son that he never recognizes. Hmm. And Gus. Like, one of the overarching themes in that story, at least in the, the one of the film adaptations of that story, is Gus always getting after Woodrow, saying, you need to acknowledge that he's your son. Like, it's pretty, and, and Woodrow's always like, yeah, well, you know, his mom was a prostitute, so maybe not, and Gus is like, yeah, BS. Like, <laughs> you know he's your son. Everyone knows Newt's your son, except for Newt, and you won't admit it. And ultimately, Gus dies having... Not having succeeded in tell in convincing Woodrow to do this thing, but that's again the 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 straying from the royal path. Like when you stray off to the right, it's harder to come back because it's almost impossible to recognize your errors. Yeah, your and your pride, right? And that is one of the things about Gus is he is. I wouldn't say that he's a humble man.
0: But, but when you it. far when you fall too far to the left, it's like a laziness, right? Like you don't want to. I, the the right is like pridefulness. You don't think you need to be cr- corrected. And the left might be, and correct me if I'm wrong, it might be that you, you're you okay with where you're at. I, like I can, la- lackness. I can,
1: see bo- I can see both of those applying, because I do think that in many ways, falling to the left or falling to the right ultimately meets S- in the middle, behind, on the bottom yeah, side. Yeah, it's of the, the same path, thing. Right, they lead to the same kind of place. So if you go, and you see this in modern political discourse as well, people who have fallen really far to the left or really far to the right both have the same manners of speech the same way they interact with yeah people, totally in the same kind of blind pride they're both playing they the same game yeah so i wouldn't say that like they, they don't put you into two different parts of hell they both put you in hell but the way you get there is different
0: yeah and that's why it's like people are like oh who are you voting for and i'm and people mm-hmm. are like oh the lesser of evils
1: that's a dangerous way to. I think. know. It's a very dangerous. It's way weird.
0: To think. It's like okay, so one is pro-abortion and one is anti-abortion. But what the pro the pro-life or the pro-lifer? What other things does he stand for?
1: Right. So, so one of the interesting discussions, and we'll I've get had, into
0: that too with yeah. the Saint Paisios. He talks about yeah. you know like how to vote,
1: and maybe he said maybe I got this what I'm about to say from that article, but it's been a while since I've read it. But w- one of the really disconcerting things that I've heard from a lot of people concerning the 2016 election is you know because i obviously voted for trump
0: yeah same here after two years of voting for obama really yeah interesting see what i'm saying they both led me to (laughs) they both led (laughs) me to hell
1: but the the interesting thing like the the reason that i voted for trump was because i became convinced that he was going to at least do good on the pro-life side and i said okay well I recognize that he is, at least in his sexual ethics, extremely deviant, at least by the standards of Christianity. However, if he will follow through on his word to try to get rid of abortion, then I'll do that. But and I also will not fall into this cult of oh well because he's doing this thing for abortion that makes him a great man he's our savior right which is kind of what I fell into for a little bit a lot of a lot of us that voted for Trump didn't fall into that like in my circle of friends before you showed up like we all were very reticent to do so we're like okay well if on the abortion issue he does good he's still a politician not a savior right but we never fell into that cult of personality but bearing this in mind I understood I could understand why a lot of people wouldn't want to vote for him. However, I heard a lot of people say, yeah, I didn't trust Trump, so I voted for Hillary. And I'm like, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you're going to say this, if you're going to throw this whole—
0: It shows, like, the lack of discernment on both sides when you say, like, I voted for the lesser of evil when they're both evil.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not even going to go so far as to say one of them is is, is evil and the other one's not, or they're both equally evil, because I don't think that's the case. But I do think you can look at current political discourse and see the hierarchy of evil and say, okay, we have to start with this one. Yeah. And if we get rid of this one, then the rest of them will start to be weakened. Especially
0: with, like, lizard people?
1: You're the lizard person, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: we're currently—sorry sp- to, to to go off topic, but if you hear any, like, scratching or screeching, it's because we're in a room full of 30-plus reptiles.
1: Yes. Ian's got me— Including in, me. In Little Jurassic Park. <laughs> So I feel very much like Jeff Goldblum,
0: but yeah, I, f- I fell into like the cult of personality and like the you know i said it before the QAnon thing, and then I started to like st- I was like wait a second, yeah, he has some good points, but now looking back, I'm like okay, he's pro life, but he also funded the stabby, right. So how pro life are you if you're funding? Right that that does, lead,
1: <laughs> that does lead to a pretty big problem, and like I said, I'm not trying to defend votes for or against. Trump yeah, here. either. But what I am saying is that this—well, I think that Trump is dangerous, so I'm going to vote for someone else who actively supports abortion. And
0: it just shows how bad we are at discerning things, too.
1: Well, and it's—on a kind of random tangent, it's one of the reasons why I am very much unequivocally opposed to democracy, because I think democracy can only lead to this kind of lesser of two evils. Do we even have a democracy anymore in the United States? Let's hypothetically say we did. Yeah. I would still be opposed.
0: A true, democracy, yes. two, a true democracy, or
1: a true republic, I would still be opposed. Yeah, but yeah, they, 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 it leads to the extreme isolation and to extreme individualism in within a population, which is in many ways kind of this firstborn child of American pragmatism, and maybe that's something we'll talk about later. But
0: yeah, people, you put a bumper sticker on your car, that's who you are. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a Trump sticker or a, a Biden sticker. That's that's all that people see. They yeah. don't know that you have any any like any other beliefs. They're like he likes Trump, he's a racist, he's a bigot. He likes Biden, he's probably stabbed and has purple hair. Or like, yeah. you know whatever it is. And it's a, like you don't look at them as a human anymore. You just look at them as as something, I don't know what right. you would well, what you would call well,
1: it. Democracy kind of flushing a little bit more what i said a moment ago democracy leads to the breakdown of community yeah and if you, it's all about self-identification if you don't believe me go back and read the book that everyone says is a very pro-democratic book which is called democracy in america by Alexis de Tocqueville. and let me know what you think because i just finished reading that for the first time and i will say that i have never heard a good political assessment of that book either from the right or the left the right says ah this is saying that the American democracy is the best thing in the world. And the left says, yeah, well, you know, it says that democracy is good, but that America sucks at applying democracy. It's like, well, no, what it says is democracy is inevitable, and I'm not sure that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: and It's written by someone on it's, the...
1: It's written by a Frenchman who is very much... I'm not going to say that de Tocqueville is a monarchist per se, but he's very much a fan of... Or he seems to be a fan anyway, of at least an aristocratic society. So someone who is a pretty good outside observer, I think. But
0: Okay, and then the last uh, paragraph. paragraph. Applying this teaching to our own situation, we may say that the royal path of true orthodoxy today is a mean that lies between the extremes of ecumenism and reformism. Is that how you say that? Reformism? On one side, and a zeal not according to knowledge on the other. True orthodoxy does not go in step with the times, On the one hand, nor does it make strictness or correctness or canonicity canonicity good in themselves, an excuse for pharisaic self-satisfaction, exclusivism, and distrust on the other. This true orthodox moderation is not to be confused with mere lukewarmness or indifference, or with any kind of compromise between political extremes. The spirit of reform is so much in the air today that anyone whose views are molded by the spirit of the times— will regard true orthodox moderation as close to fanaticism but anyone who looks at the question more deeply and applies the patristic standard will find the royal path to be far from any kind of extremism
1: right and one one of the things that's important to take away from that is that contrary to what a lot of protestants and if there are any protestants listening to this and you think that I'm making this up then don't know what to tell you this is just what I tend to this is what I experience as a protestant they tend to think that confession, for instance, is just a, hey, Father, I screwed up, and the priest flips through his handy Excel spreadsheet or guidebook or whatever and says, ah, you said uh, the F word seven times. Do 14 Hail Marys and three Our Fathers and give five bucks to a hobo and you're good to go. Yeah. Right? That's what Father Seraphim is saying orthodoxy is not. The standards for confession in the canons are applied... To the church as a whole, very strictly. But to individuals, that depends. Like the, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's not strictly applied, but the way it is strictly applied varies to the person The medicine
0: for every patient right. is of a different dose.
1: Right. Like
0: one a higher dose for somebody could kill them, a lower dose could kill them, or yeah. whatever it may be, you know. Right.
1: It's it's
0: especially when it comes to like penance, you know.
1: Right. Things are not necessarily hard and fast. It's it's And also, too, you know, there's a fairly famous, well, maybe I say famous, there's a story that is much bandied about of a fellow who was trying to convert to orthodoxy with his wife. And she was not sure about it. And he really wanted to convert really badly. So he argued with her and, you know, was fighting with her all the time about it. And the priest that was overseeing this catechism said, look, here's the deal. You can't say anything about this. You, you can't talk to your wife about this anymore. You're too fanatical about it. You just come to church. You're going to remain a catechumen until your wife is, down to, is, is up for conversion. And you're just going to experience orthodoxy. And when she agrees, then you can both come in. And it took a number of years. It took a long time. And the way people tend to read stuff like that is like, oh, well, that's... That's really hard, and it's like, well, yeah, it's hard. And typically, we say in the canons of the church, you know, if you're gonna, if you want to become Orthodox, you have a between a six month and, a, you know, if we're gonna apply the canon strictly, you have a three year catechism.
0: Yeah, right? or at least one canonical year.
1: Right, and it depends, but it depends on the person.
0: If you're at Father Josiah's church,
1: <laughs> well, if you're at Father Josiah's church, it's a year. It might be longer, yeah, depending on what you do. Like for the way that Father Earl catechized me versus you versus Joseph versus totally a bunch of other people was different. Yeah, because, because he he's
0: our spiritual father. He knows our spiritual needs.
1: Right. So that's that's kind of what Flavis and and Archive it and it goes
0: along about. like the the lines of the spirit of the age.
1: Right. Well, the, the, yeah. The, the rigorism. Interestingly, I think that we're falling pretty far away from the, the dangers of the left. In the sense of, we're no longer at a point in time when it's tolerance versus intolerance. Right. We're at a time where we now have two, to to use a turn of phrase that I very much dislike because I hate the connotations of it, we're we're at a point where we have two battling inquisitions, right? And the question is who's going to win? Or even should either of them win or should the whole thing just fall apart? Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sure (laughs) where I sit on that.
0: I was just making sure that we're recording. It says down here, that's the time, so I'm just making sure. But this isn't moving. Oh well. Continue. Do we check or do we just leave it and just have the nope. if, if this conversation is lost in the metaverse and, so God wills. Okay. Or we could pause because I can put them together and and make sure okay and do this. So uh, we're going to take a quick break just to make sure this is recorded if not you'll never know.
1: Oh give thanks
0: to the Lord. everybody we're going to go ahead and uh, dive back into this topic we were recording so that's good but yeah we left off kind of um finishing up on the definition of the royal path from father sarah from rose and i think the next step is because we were talking about voting and you know in politics maybe we can kind of go into how should an orthodox christian vote according to uh saint paisios and i know it sounds like a good one for me I know you've read this, I've read this, I've also watched the video that Father Peter here has put out where he, he goes over all this. I'm sure some of you guys have as well, but it's a good tie-in for, you know, how to make decisions and how to have discernment. So anything you want to say before I go ahead and read it? Read right, it. go for it. In former times, if a pious Christian was involved in public life, he probably wasn't too well. They would have considered him crazy. Today, it is the opposite— If a pious person isn't concerned and pained by the way things are in the world, he is the one who has lost his mind. St. Paisios the Athenite. Yeah, I would...
1: It's a good turn of phrase.
0: Today you cannot stand indifferent to the public square. You cannot leave matters to the powers that be as if they are benevolent and working for our good. There are many national and international leaders who are clearly opposed to the faith and vision and to the ethos of the Orthodox Church, to the sanctity of life and man as made in God's image, to the integrity of the family, and to the purity of the youth. Taking part and taking a stand today, witnessing to truth in society as an expression and confession of our faith in Christ is an expression of our love for our neighbor and our Lord. St. Paisios says elsewhere, Too many Christians don't want to take on and remove an evil in society so as to maintain their peace and quiet, the status quo. This means they have no love. But later, we see these same people working hard for their own interests. That is why a certain spirit reigns today. With so-and-so, we need to have good relations, so he will say good things about us. With others, we need to have it good, so he doesn't drag us through the mud, and so on. And others keep silent, they don't talk for fear that they will write about them in the newspapers, etc. And elsewhere, the saint spoke about voting. Vote for the one you believe is best, the one who loves God and our country. They always gave the same reply. They are all the same, Father. Then he added, well, look here. All olive trees are the same. All of them are affected by the same disease called Dakos. However, some are affected 100% by it, others 80 and others 50 Since we are in need of olive trees, we have to look for the ones that are affected the least. When we go to vote, we should always bear in mind two things. A, how much the candidate loves God and is thus a conscious member of the church, and B, how much he loves his country and look solely after its interest and not his own. If someone uses another criterion to vote, he is acting out of self-interest and is not behaving like a true Christian. Later on, divine justice will allow him to pay for his mistake.
1: Yeah, Saint Paisios has many good sayings. <laughs> um,
0: well, that kind of goes back to what you're saying, like, and obviously the way people say it nowadays, like the lesser of evil. But this is the this is the right way to put it. Like, you know, everybody right. is diseased. Some are diseased yes. less than others. Some are diseased more than others. And ultimately, they'll have to answer for that. You know, it's you voting for someone, and then them ended up being not what they said, isn't right. necessarily, it doesn't necessarily fall on you. Yes, it teaches you that you could have better discernment, and it's, you know, another thing that God puts in your path.
1: Right. And w- one of the issues as well, is you'll hear people say things like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to vote for so-and-so because they say this. I'm going to pick on uh, a particular American politician for a moment, um, someone like Mitch McConnell, right? People... Will vote for him down the party line because they'll say, well, he's on the side of the party that tends to be more Christian, generally speaking, which is true. Yeah. However, if that is your only criteria for voting for that fellow, if you happen to be a senator, or, you know, if you happen to be a resident of Kentucky or his district in Kentucky, or not his district, but in Kentucky, then you're kind of a fool because his record, generally speaking, does not show that he is someone who loves God or his country. Now, in fairness to him, Mitch McConnell is one of the reasons why, in the in the United States, we've had these tremendous blows dealt to the pro-abortion sociopaths, right? So, good on him. There, there's a joke I heard somewhere, and I mean, it's almost too dark to be a joke, but it's something to the effect of, if Mitch McConnell makes it to heaven, it's going to be because he got Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett into the supreme court <laughs> and they struck down roe v wade like and the, the, like i said it's a bit crass and in a, in, a, in somewhat poor taste but it's not entirely incorrect nevertheless i don't think that someone like mitch mcconnell should be elected by people who claim to be christians because he is quite obviously that aside not a good christian man he could have gone further when the numerous times that the Republicans have had control of the legislative branch, and he didn't because he likes the political machine. At least that's how it looks.
0: Yeah. He wants to continue playing the game.
1: Right. So this, in my mind, rules him out as a viable candidate that a Christian ought to vote for. Although, again, this is dependent on your own conscience, and if you happen to know more about Mitch McConnell than I do, then, you know, follow your conscience, follow your knowledge. But that kind of rules him out of St. Paisios's category of someone you can vote for in good conscience, at least as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah. So then um, the rest of it is, taking the criteria laid down by the great elder and saint and applying it to the situation in America, we can easily come to see, first of all, for whom we should not cast our vote. Orthodox Christians obviously cannot support corrupt politicians who lie and use their power to become rich. And sometimes, like I said, we don't, Necessarily necessarily know who that
1: is, but you can find out (laughs) if you're motivated enough.
0: Or those who want the government to force Christian homeless shelters, adoption agencies, and other charities to endorse same sex marriage, transgender identity, and experimental cross sex drugs and surgeries. So, yeah, that's that's important. Those we cannot support with our vote. Furthermore, Orthodox Christians cannot vote for those who aggressively. Who are aggressively pro-abortion and support laws which have allowed for the murder of 60 million human beings since it was passed? Those who support abortion for any reason, those who want the government to fund abortions, uh, who will force you know American taxpayers to pay for this, especially like in the state of California, you know they use tax dollars to fund abortions. Well, so they
1: do that all over the country still.
0: Yeah, S- specifically in California, it's like a a big portion. Right. Um, those who support physician-assisted suicide those who endorse same-sex marriage as on par with true marriage, thus undermining Christian morality and furthering the de-Christianization of society, those who advocate for the repeal of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which protects the religious conscious rights of healthcare workers who decline to assist with abortions and protects Christian adoption agencies, which choose to place babies only with heterosexual couples. And this is definitely um
1: A big issue.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, you know, this could be kind of a... I don't want to say problematic, because this is the true faith, but this could be, you know, hard for some people to hear.
1: Yeah, well, I mean...
0: But this isn't coming from the mouths of two laymen, this is this is from, you know...
1: Th- this is the tradition of... The Church. The Church. So one, one of the things that needs to be stated, I think, because it's not obvious to a lot of people, and you see this in pro, in, in debates concerning abortion specifically... Um, you'll hear people, like the the go-to for those who are undecided or or who are generally pro-abortion is to immediately say something to the effect of, why do you think abortion should be illegal in all cases? What about rape or incest or whatever else? And the response to that is not to say, okay, well, that's rare. The response, well, actually, let me rephrase that. That is a good place to start, but you can't end there. The response needs to be, One that's rare, and since it's rare, we're not going to go from the exception to the rule to determine what the rule needs to be. Yeah, that's not the way this works. If you find something that's incongruent with what typically occurs, you don't base your entire system around that. If we did that with physics, for instance, we would have completely we we wouldn't use Newtonian physics for anything, we wouldn't use Einstein's theory of relativity for anything because we'd say, okay, well, but there are these minor exceptions, so. Obviously, this whole thing is garbage. It's like, well, no, it's accurate. You know, we'll say 85% of the time. That's not bad. We should work with that, right? The, so so taking this into the, the, uh, where, where did you have that? The repeal of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act bit. It is unfortunate that there are probably some children who aren't adopted based on their age because, or maybe they have disabilities or whatever, um, because some heterosexual heterosexual couples would not want to adopt them. That's a shame. That does not under any circumstances mean that two women who are cohabitating or two men who are cohabitating then have any, they, they, they should not be, one, expected nor two, allowed to pick up the slack there. Right? If there are not enough surgeons in the world performing open-heart surgeries, that doesn't mean that you pick up six guys off the street and say, hey, would you like to do open-heart surgeries? And if they say yes, you let them go engage in surgery. You don't pull up to Home Depot right? and ask, you know. (laughs) Right. You don't do that. A, a lack of the proper thing means that you need to encourage the creation of the proper thing, not find a good facsimile.
0: Yeah, and also, like, the whole <laughs> argument of, you know, and like I said, this is touchy, like rape or incest, but you're going to punish that innocent life for the sin of the father.
1: Well, it's American pragmatism.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like generational, you know, it's yeah. like...
1: Well, it's, it's pragmatism. It's like, oh, well, a bad thing happened here, so to fix the bad thing, I'm going to i To prevent I'm gonna do something consequences worse consequences of the bad thing i'm going to do something else that's bad it's like well no i mean cuz it's my right every every kid up and i presume that kids still learn this although that's probably just false when when i was a kid what you heard any time you got angry and wanted to avenge yourself on another kid who had done you wrong or anything like that what you heard was two lefts don't make a right yeah or two wrongs don't make a right it's a very trite, childish thing to say, but it's not wrong. No, <laughs> it's accurate. You know, you don't.
0: And we pray for the people who have had abortions, victims of abortions. Right. You know, it's not. We're not saying that we don't care or that it's not a serious issue. We're just saying, you know, to to take it out on the innocent life of somebody. You know, it's right. it just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, engaging in bloodthir- bloodthirsty vengeance because of something that someone related. Yeah, and our spiritual yeah, father was wrong.
0: talking about this uh, in Bible study, or maybe it was Wednesday we had a revelation class, and he was okay. talking about how we're still seeing people, you know, making sacrifices to Baal.
1: Oh, yeah, that never stopped.
0: He's like, we're still seeing it today. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly what this is. It's, a sac- it's, you know, it's sacrificing for well, the betterment of yourself.
1: So we've actually found inscriptions in Carthage and in other Phoenician settlements where there's the burned remains of a child, usually an infant. Um, that are in a, I I don't want to say within temple precincts, but they're in an area where sacrifice remains were dumped, right, or buried. And these human remains will be found with some sort of small inscription that says something to the effect of, you know, hey, Molech, um, here's a sacrifice to ensure, or, you know, thank you for X, Y, or Z thing that you're going to give us because of the sacrifice that we just made. That's what abortion is. People just don't know the name of the God they're worshiping. Like, it's the exact same thing. I'm going to kill my child because that kid's going to get in the way of me doing X, Y, and Z things later in life. So if I kill them now, then later on things will be better.
0: Yeah, I went to the club and had sex with some random guy, got pregnant, and now I'm going to kill the baby so that I continue...
1: So that I can do something that's more fun. Yeah, it's messed up. It's the exact same thing.
0: So I know we kind of strayed a little bit, but we also didn't. So this is like a list of 17 things. I won't read it all. I will put it in the description. Um, I've been good about that by by the way, Nate. Good. So, you know, we can't vote for people who are mandating a nationwide lockdown like we saw during the whole Kufid thing. Those who claim that the Orthodox Christian understanding of sexuality and gender is rank discrimination, and then and then thus walk step in step with the radical pro LGBT Orwellian Equality Act.
1: I want to stop you on that one for a minute. Yeah. It is discrimination and it's proper discrimination. there's one of the things that's not talked about as much as it needs to be, especially in Protestant circles, although Protestant circles oftentimes, especially the Southern Baptists, even though I'm not a huge fan of the SBC, Southern Baptists are generally fairly good about at least voicing their opposition to the Rainbow Mafia, right? There are certain sins.
0: And once again, like, we're not hating... The sinner. We're I, hating the sin, well, I hate the demon. I hate the organizations. Th- yeah, I hate the what spirit, stands behind them. The spirit that is yeah. running these things.
1: Yeah. But the there are certain sins, according to Scripture and according to the Fathers, that pollute the very ground on which they occur. Right? So Sodom and Gomorrah, for instance, are yeah. turned into a blasted wasteland because the sins that the people committed there were so egregious that the ground itself, the earth itself, was became angry right, that that's the imagery that's used anyway, and the earth spat them out, right, and they were then thus destroyed, right?
0: Fire fire, as, and brimstone. and When
1: we as Christians accept these things, and I even hear this from Catholic commentators, and it really irritates me. Like, I don't care what you do in the privacy of your bedroom. Well, actually, I kind of do, right? Because that logic gets you very easily from okay, well, you're doing some weird deviant stuff with your wife to, well, now you're doing it with some rando you picked up off the street and then that turns into, well, now it's like some random dude or whatever, right? And that can easily turn go from doing deviant random crap with your wife to child molestation or yeah. pedophilia or whatever you, you can, want. It can get real dark real quick. Well, that line of reasoning goes dark real yeah. quick. And we've seen that happen. Right? So the question now is, are we going to turn away from these sins that pollute the ground? Because what you do in the privacy of your own bedroom actually does have an effect on the guy that lives across the city. Yeah. Right? Like, Lot—again, to, to go back to the Sodom and Gomorrah example—Lot did not partake in these sins. Right? The ground was not—like, Lot's actions did not cause the ground to be cursed. However, had God not—had he not been, in God's eyes, a righteous man according to the Scriptures— he still would have died, yeah. If he had not been removed from there, right? So yeah, what you do in your in the quote unquote privacy of your own bedroom does matter.
0: Yeah, I've been learning that living in an apartment complex. Yeah,
1: you well, know, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> There's certain things I could go without seeing or hearing because of just the way it makes. I'm not sure if you could. I guess you could call it an energy. There's like a spirit, yeah. that you can kind of feel. You're like, okay, this is. Well,
1: it causes a, a shift. A, yeah you know it's, when 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 somebody aligns themselves with demons that causes yeah an effect in the world when you're seeing multiple when someone aligns themselves with Christ yeah. that creates an effect in the world when
0: you're seeing multiple people walk out of someone's apartment you know it gets fun it gets it gets yeah. real interesting so let's see um those who sound positive and inclusive they say they want protections for people and want to fight discrimination, yeah. but this rhetoric is deceptive. So we just said, yep. Those who are twisting the notion of discrimination in order to force Christians to violate their beliefs. Um, I mean, we can kind of pick some of these. We're not going to read all of them.
1: Right. Well, we can read all of these, but we don't need to pick them all apart.
0: Those who aim to force transgender ideology on the American people—the same people who want to sign, the same people who want to sign legislation that will force Christian schools and ministries to hire people who oppose the religious convictions on sexuality and gender. The laws will also force these ministries, which hold that God-created humans, male and female, to open women's sports and women's restrooms to biological males, um, just because they identify as female, and to pay for transgender surgery in their health care plans. Those who not only pledge to fight religious freedom at home, they pledge to make America into a global force of enforcement of the extreme agenda of the neo-Marxist, which seek to decimate the Christian vision of man— and pressure Orthodox Christian countries into denying the faith.
1: Which we're seeing in Hungary, even though Hungary is more Catholic than Orthodox, you yep. definitely see that playing out there. And actually, that's one of the things that happened in Ukraine. Right? Yep. The, the the modernist agenda has created a schismatic, heretical, quote-unquote, autocephalous church in Ukraine that is very pro-Rainbow yeah. Mafia and very pro-Marxist.
0: Yep. Which, then you remember that icon? Mm-hmm. I forget what was in it. It was interesting. It was like people holding holding AKs and the Ukraine flag. Remember I, there was yeah, the icon? Yeah, yeah. And it was the dra- no, it was the dra- them killing the dragon. Um, the Russian or the Byzantine
1: Yeah, it was the double headed eagle. It was them they trampling were, on the double headed eagle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah denying a, their that's own a faith. Yeah.
0: Um let's see. Those who for are for cancel culture, those who brand conservative Christian nonprofits, hate groups you know, listing them alongside the Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, those who single out those who adhere to traditional beliefs and moral convictions, aiming to limit their ability to live by their consciences and ostracizing them from polite society, those who describe opponents of the radical LGBT agenda as the dregs of society, those who are supported by and support outspoken socialists and Marxist forces and would open the door to making America a socialist country and those who are largely silent before the rioting and burning of buildings by Marxists and mobs in many American cities. So this is a list of like 16 things. Great. And obviously this is not going to be all of them. And this was, um, I'm sure this article was released
1: probably in 2020.
0: Would be Yeah. Right, during, 21. during that, during the time of, well, yeah, November 1st, 2020 oh, so right before election day. Wow. Yeah. So consider the lessons of history Wherever socialism has sought to gain a footing, it has led a charge against and persecuted terribly the Orthodox Church. We have a host of millions of martyrs in the 20th century which testifies to the destruction which comes in the wake of socialist and Marxist coming to power. Socialism and Marxism inevitably leads to totalitarianism, where the government takes the place of God in the lives of its subservient citizens. Let us remember the years leading up to the Russian Revolution and the prophetic voices which called the nation to repentance. It was 120 years ago, and the great wonder worker, St. John of Kronstadt, among many others in the Church at the time, stood prophetically, calling the people of Russia to repentance and calling out the godless Marxist, societist, socialist leadership, forgive me, Listen to what was said of St. John and how he stood, not indifferent, but actively opposing the zeitgeist of his day. St. John of Kronstadt said, being himself an image of meekness and humility, love for every person, irrespective of nationality or religion, St. John adopted an attitude of great indignation towards those godless, materialistic and liberal trends, which subverted the faith of the Russian people and sabotaged Russia's thousand-year-old government. Subsequent, subsequent events of the bloody Russian Revolution and the triumph of the godless and inhumane Bolshevism showed how right was the saint, great saint of the Russian land in his warnings and prophetic visions. So did he not say that? It was, listen to what was said of St. John. And then St. John himself wrote and preached, Russia, if you fall away from your faith, as many of the intellectual class have already fallen away, you will no longer be Russia or Holy Russia. And if there will be no repentance in the Russian people, then the end of the world is near. God will take away the pious Tsar and will send a whip in the person of impious cruel, self-appointed rulers who will inundate the whole earth with blood and tears. And this is from the Sermon of 1905 in Father John of Kronstadt's 50th Anniversary book. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's crazy, you know. How if you old? fall away from your faith, as many of the intellectual class have already fallen away, you will no longer be Russia or Holy Russia, and we're seeing that in the U.S. now.
1: Well, in, in the world. In the book Demons, or yeah, or the Possessed. Depending on your translation, Dostoevsky says the same thing. And this, this I think, leads us to a topic that maybe you weren't wanting to, that maybe you hadn't considered going down. But it's something I want to point out to people because it seems to have been lost on many. Um, and that is Rodrieur's book, the, Bened- the Benedict Option, followed by "Live Not by Lies."
0: Yeah, I've only read "Live Not by Lies."
1: Right. So a lot of people read the Benedict Option and think that what Rodrier is saying is run and hide from the society. The society can go, screw itself. We're Christians. We're going to jump on the lifeboat and screw everybody else. That's a poor <laughs> reading of what he says. Um, I will not say that Rodrigo comes out, or th- he's extraordinarily explicit in his opposition to that idea, but if you actually pay attention to what he says, that's not what he's saying, right? What What he suggests in the Benedict Option is that we provide strong points for the culture so that when people have followed these bloodthirsty and demonic gods that the modern zeitgeist leads them to, when they lift their heads from the dirt and the mud and decide that they're going to heed the call of the gospel and they don't want to live in filth and violence anymore, we need to have provided these strongholds where they can then come and be helped, right? And, you know, this this whole discussion of how do you vote, can can voting save America, I I don't think so. I, I don't know that America can be saved, and it's only the teachings of the Orthodox Church that we need to pray for our country that...
0: It's our only that, hope.
1: That, ...that allow me to say something like, I think America... I, I hope America will be saved, because we don't deserve to be saved. We've well, killed more people quick, more quickly and done more wicked things in the world than most other nations have.
0: With repentance, there's a chance. Right. But that's a lot of repentance that people—
1: Yeah, I, I don't think voting in the democratic process has any chance to save our nation. What does is our nation turning back to God on its knees.
0: Yeah, you know, like, the stickers, vote or die?
1: Yeah, pray or should, die. Well, they repent should say, like, die. repent or die, yeah, you know?
0: yeah because that, that repentance is, matters like voting matters it's yeah. all those stickers that you see it's like yeah
1: you know, i mean even if voting did matter that's not what's going that will not be anything that saves us yeah and you know i think that rodriguez is right and that we need to as we repent build these societal strong points that you know when when the ashes of the modern of the modern madness settle there will be places for the rebuilding of of a Christian culture. And if it doesn't come to the point where the entire world burns down because of our sins, or at least because America burns down because of our sins, then these will be places from which the, shall we say, a true reformation of our nation can occur. And may God grant that that is the case, although me being the wonderful optimist that I am cannot see how such a thing could occur.
0: Yeah, it's looking pretty... And, like, this was written, you know... In 2020, but it's still super—yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the end of it is, brothers and sisters, if we are not in pain for the state of the country and the world, we are in a spiritual coma. We are teetering on the edge of anarchy, or rather simply insanity. According to the words of St. Paisios, as we mentioned before, if a pious person isn't concerned and pained by the way things are in the world, he is the one who has lost his mind. We must ask God for more love— Even as the spiritual, moral, and even political upheaval of American life is at the doors, it is the 11th hour. We will all give an account before God for our passivity and indifference and fear unless we sincerely repent. Unless we fall on our knees and ask God for mercy and also express our love for our country by going to vote for a candidate who at least respects God and Christians and shows love for his country or at least for one who is, according to St. Paisios, affected the least. By the- desi- by the disease of the day, the zeitgeist of the age, the spirit of the world, which is the spirit of Antichrist, may God have mercy on America and bless her to keep socialism at bay and continue to be safe, peaceful place for orthodox Christians to work out their salvation so yeah, I think that's a good reminder you know for the next election that's coming up,
1: yeah, well, it's I I don't have Hopefully a Hopefully we didn't
0: get too political on this. I mean it was kinda I mean this was about politics, so
1: Well and like said you and you and I both have made we, our positions clear, but I like Yeah, I don't know I, if I'll ever vote again. I, I am not a I, I am not what would be classified in the normal sense as a right winger. I mean I do agree with a lot of conservative ideas and a lot of conservative points but i do think that the american right to kind of balance the scales a little bit in this conversation the american right to the degree that it has compassion does not explain it or show it well and in fairness you know especially for those organizations that are or for those charitable people who aren't part of groups whose stated goal is to give charity you know they're they're abiding by the the tenets of the gospel which is don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing which is good. And, you know, I I, I can appreciate how that's being acted out to a degree, but at the same time, the right doesn't talk about compassion the way that it needs to, because compassion is a thing that we need to show. You know, it's sadly not a thing that has really ever been pushed back on in the conservative movement, as far as I know. And that is when you see somebody panhandling on the side of the road, the response from almost every conservative and even from some liberals who claim to be compassionate is I'd give him money, but he's just going to go buy beer or he's going to go buy drugs or whatever. And it's like, well, maybe. And, you know, I'm not saying this is someone who's standing on it going, "Ah, yes, you hoy polloi do this thing. I do this, too. It's like, yeah, maybe that's what they're going to do. But that's not your prerogative yeah. to judge.
0: Also, I mean, this is my quick fix to that. Yesterday, I, I bought a guy some stuff because I didn't want to give him money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, here's the sandwich and the Gatorade and the apple. If, you, if you're if you upset because that's what you got, you know, so be it.
1: Right. And, but, I mean, th- there's even the case, like, I I don't see any problem with that. That's, yeah. a, that's a fine thing to do. But Americans, generally speaking, aren't good at charity. Yeah. Not in the way that we used to be. Well,
0: especially, like, I mean, even me saying it kind of defeats the purpose. It's like, if you're doing it to be seen, you know. Right.
1: Yeah, so, so that th- that is a difficult.
0: Yeah, that's a topic for another day.
1: It's, it's a difficult... charity. Thing. It, it is a difficult thing, and like I said, the the conservatives, the conservative movement, generally speaking, is not guiltless in America's sins. Yeah, you know, the l- lest we forget, one of the reasons why um, R- Holy Russia fell during World War One is because of American and British pressure. Partially at America's behest, because America did not want to be seen to be on the side of the war that had a monarch, or yeah. one of the they did not want to be seen as being allied with a totalit what they considered to be a totalitarian monarchy. So, that was a conservative movement as well. That wasn't that was you know that was universal agreement that we shouldn't be on Russia's side because Russia's a tsarist monarchy. So. We've we all got at least that blood on our hands, if not much more. A lot more. Which I would tend to agree we have a lot more.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Nate, thanks for being here, man. Hey, good to be, good to be I hope, back. I hope everybody has a blessed week, and uh, God bless you, and we'll see you guys soon. Right,
1: cheers.